All righty. We did it right this time. Yeah, we did it right this time. Thank you, Jude, for the overlay. Our big producer on the boards over there getting everything. That's basically my job today because I pulled up with 328 left in the third. So this is all Ethan. This is the Ethan show. Yeah, we'll start it off with just me. And uh, I know everybody in the comments is going to love that. They're just going to be all all on board for the Ethan solo episode. Uh, but welcome to SSPN, everybody, in case you didn't realize where you were. I'm Ethan Quintero. Next to me, as always, is Jude McLaren. And we're just talking about tonight's game, preseason game two, San Antonio Spurs against the Detroit Pistons. Uh, I was a little surprised, Jude, that Cade Cunningham didn't play at all, but I don't follow Detroit basketball, so maybe he's you know just resting or hurt. I have no idea what happened. Yeah, um, he's he's got a little minor injury, kind of like Trey Jones, who should be back okay. Friday. Um, yes. Just by the way, Ghost Spurs go in the chat. We see it. Joshua, thanks for being here. Shout out to you. First one in the comments section. Make sure you blow us up with some questions. We'll try and get to those as soon as we can, as always. Uh, but first, I'm just going to try and debrief Jude and everybody in the comments that didn't catch the game on kind of what happened in the first half. I came in with about a minute in about a minute into the first quarter. Uh, and honestly, the immediate reaction that I saw was like, Derek White is playing good considering DeJounte Murray wasn't playing at all tonight. He was doing a really great job at facilitating, uh, working with Jakob Pearl, trying to get him involved early in the offense. And Jakob was playing a lot better. I was very impressed with Jakob Pearl. I thought he was a little bit more aggressive. I thought he was looking for his shot a little bit more than he usually was. And as always, being a profound defender in the paint. Um, with that being said, it was clear that our offense was a different kind of offense, Jew, with DeJounte not on the floor. Uh, we we kind of struggled to find our shots for a little while. I tweeted at the time, like, we're back to regularly scheduled programming where everyone's going to be making fun of the Spurs because we really did struggle uh, for a good amount of that first half, just kind of finding our shot and getting shots to fall. The rims were not being nice to us tonight, Jude. We had a lot of shots go in and out, especially from Jakob and Dougie McBuckets. But shout out to my man, uh, Bryn Forbes, who came in, I think, in the middle of the first quarter, maybe toward the end of the first quarter. He was our quarter. leading scorer tonight, correct? Yes, yes, he was. Okay. He had, let me get the exact stat, 20 points. Yes, six for eight from three. He was definitely our best weapon offensively tonight because nobody else could seem to find uh, the bottom of the bucket, except for Keldon. Keldon shot, he had 18 points, eight for 18, but he was minus 12 on the plus minus. So clearly the box score doesn't tell the whole story because it felt like, to me, Jude, the chemistry was just a little bit off. Uh, I don't know why it could have been because Thaddeus Young was playing and so was Alfaruq Aminu uh, and we didn't have DeJounte Murray there, obviously. So it just didn't feel cohesive for some reason. Uh, and at the same time, Detroit came out just firing on all cylinders. They seemed like they just wanted the win more than we did. And that could just because it's preseason game two and the Spurs realize it's a long season uh, and Detroit Pistons never win. So they're just going to try and get every win that they possibly can. And- I think it was their first game. It Maybe was their I'm first wrong. game. Okay. Yes, you are right. So they came out with a little more juice, uh, a little more aggressiveness, and, and they really just tried uh, to run up a score on us. And shout out to um, Jeremy Grant, who played a phenomenal game. Nobody could stop Jeremy Grant. Defensively, we were just not in sync tonight. Rotations were off. Uh, Lonnie Walker played some of the worst defense I've ever seen him play in his career. We, I know we complimented him in the first game. Second game, Jude, he was right back to normal. He was right back to just letting guys go right past him. Uh, and nobody nobody could stop anybody on the Pain. Pistons. I know. Even my man Eubanks was struggling defensively. Like, nobody, for some reason, we couldn't stay in front of him. We were jumping at every pump fake. It just was not a pretty sight, Jude. And that pretty much brings us to where you came into the game in the third quarter. 
Um, so is there anything that you saw overall that you want to talk about right now? Well, I want to harp on two things that you said, because they were things that from that third quarter, what I could see um, was definitely the chemistry. It felt like the team defense and, and obviously running the offense as well. I felt like it got a little bit better when Primo came in. I know he had some turnovers, but just like running sets and stuff, I felt like he did a pretty good job of that. Obviously, his seven Keldon, minutes. <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. Um, and Keldon did a great job from what I saw. I mean, obviously, I don't know what happened in the first half. I think everybody was not um, playing well defensively. Uh, I saw the end of the first quarter score. I did get that alert while I was out working. Um, but going back to Keldon, the one play that I just love to see from him, he literally, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if he was a rebound or if he just got the ball like on the other side of the floor, but it was basically like a full court play. Like he dribbled close to the sideline. There was a Pistons defender that forced him on the left baseline. And then he literally just went through like their entire defense and scored. So just to see Keldon do that. And like he, he did that and scored on a couple plays. Um, Another thing, once again, I know these are Pistons third stringers. So like, it's like, Maybe you want to, you know, take more from the jazz game if you think their third stringers are better than them. Um, but Luca came in and looked really comfortable. Yes, he, he did. Re- he looked really comfortable. And I know I'm coming in kind of being the positivity guy right now and oh, a, a, a subpar performance. Um, but he came in, looks great in the post, obviously had some mismatches there too, but just looked more comfortable. There was one play where he literally basically had the ball the entire possession, almost lost his dribble. That happened twice and it happened once where it actually did come out but he seems a little bit more controlled especially in his drives a little bit more comfortable a little bit more confident um so that was good to see from Luca. but once again third string pistons guys you'd expect him in his third year to do that but we're taking what we can get with him right now and, and that was a positive but once again going back to what you said the team defense and the team offense it just seemed like you said the chemistry was a little off i think that Obviously, once again, preseason game two, so we can't take you know everything from this. But maybe uh, we underestimated Dejounte Murray's impact on the floor because he's a guy who's really been starting with Lonnie or not Lonnie. What am I talking about? With Demar and Lamarcus uh, for the past two years, like he's kind of been the starting point guard for the Spurs. You know, even when Kawhi, well, no, that wasn't when Kawhi was here. That was like Kawhi's season out, right? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know when he took the job from TP. Yeah, I don't know when, but um, anyways, a sigh because this is kind of a letdown in comparison to game one, but that's why you can't get too high after these preseason games. But, you know, I, I would say that it's mainly what you said. I would err that it was more DJ being out and playing Al Farouk Aminu and Thaddeus Young with these guys for the first time. And the effort seemed less too. like the effort from Drew seemed less just when he was out there. Um, the motor wasn't as high, but I don't know. Maybe I, I saw that he played a lot of minutes in the first half. So maybe he was just adjusting to that. I don't want to, maybe I'm just making excuses, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, a, a lot less juice from the guys tonight for sure. I think it was the juice, but also shout out to the Pistons, dude, because really they played a phenomenal game. Sadiq Bay was putting David our Lee guys. was making crazy shots. Oh, I know. Yeah, everybody was playing really well. Isaiah Stewart, he, Isaiah Stewart was really not letting Eubanks do what Eubanks does. And I guess that's just a guy when you when you play against a guy that's the size of Jakob basically, but has the motor of Drew Eubanks, he's not going to win many of those battles. Um, so that 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 is the one problem with Drew Eubanks, I guess. Um, kind of going little, back, or go sorry, I'm interrupting no, you, ahead. but just another two things about Thaddeus Young and Alfred Camino. They both hit threes tonight. <laughs> they did. 
I thought I thought Alpha and Okamunu I, played very well. I was about to say when I was watching his defense, I was like, dude, if he can knock down threes now and just be a three and D kind of three four, maybe he does take that spot instead of KBD. I don't know, but that three he hit was—I mean, he stroked it. It was not a D plus two K rating. I tell you what. Um, mm-hmm. So once yeah, again, M- Ronnie two K, you're the worst. You're the literal worst. For real. Anyways. M Easy's right though. I, I don't know if Trey, Trey Lyles was hitting some hitting some buckets in our face. I kind of heard he was three for four for three. And Kojo, him and Kojo hit Kojo some shots back to back. Bro. And I was like, is this really Trey Lyles Kojo oh. revenge game? It was the, it was Josh <laughs> Jackson though that kind of surprised me. He came out of nowhere. He had sixteen points. He was putting our guys just on skates all night long. Like they, they everybody on the on the Pistons bench was just having career nights for some reason, and nobody on the Spurs could just buy a bucket, especially uh, my man Lonnie. Unfortunately, yeah. The one thing I liked about that, and people may not like it. But I like that Lonnie kept shooting. I like that he's keeping his confidence up because look, he's gonna play. Like we heard yeah. that from Pop, so he 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 might as well just keep taking uh, those shots. So, especially in the situation tonight, um, yeah. There was a moment though. Uh, it was like a really good offensive play where we where the ball ball was moving around. Lonnie started with the basket, started with the ball in his hand at the beginning of the play, and then ended with the ball in his hands, uh, kind of in the left wing. And he had a three, but the guy was closing out on him. And Dougie was in the in the corner right next to him, wide open. And I just wanted to be like, pass it one more time, Lonnie. Just one more pass. And Doug McDermott's wide open. And he shot a contested three, and it was like barely hit the rim. And I was like, mm, like ugh, one more pass, Lonnie. One more pass. Yep, yep. Well, to be honest with y'all, I am not wearing my contacts or my glasses, so I see all the comments, but I can't read any of them. So, Ethan, if you want to read through some of those, I see we got a lot popping off in there. Um, you'll have to read those for me because I can't see them. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Let's see. Let's go all the way back down to the bottom, see what we can see here. Alexander, always here. Thanks for being here, buddy. Although we lost Jakob's five assists and two blocks was nice. I agree. I thought Jakob was a uh, a surprising, you know, shining moment on an otherwise dull night for the spurs overall uh let's see those darn red shoes got lonnie you're right eric <laughs> if he those darn red shoes he just wasn't is it every time is that a thing i don't, I don't know if that is a thing but he, i haven't he i haven't been paying attention shoes i know he's worn those red shoes before because i've noticed them but i have not noticed how the correlation when he plays what it is so if there's a thing there that's pretty funny <laughs> yeah, I know for real. I, I agree with D- Diamante Carter here. He says Pistons played like it was the playoffs. They really did. They were playing hard. They're and ready, the, man. The Spurs were like kind of they were like kind of 75% speed, kind of just going through the motions, it seemed like. So it was no wonder we couldn't we couldn't catch up. You know, um, this is obviously an excuse, and this is probably just a Spurs fan trying to make himself feel better. But what if this was just the game where the guys kind of came in? Because notice that comment that came out pretty recently where Thad was like, I'm going to probably play on Wednesday because Pop knows that, you know, us vets like to get our run to just get ready for the season. What if this was literally just, hey, let's play Thad and Aminu before we trade him? Like, what if that was just the game and everything else was just a wash tonight? Like, I doubt that that's possible, but maybe who knows? This, I, I feel like part of your argument's correct. This was probably like a, a preview for other teams. Like, hey, we got Thad and Aminu still. They're available. Or, yeah, that's true. Uh, 
but I don't, th- I don't think the other guys were like, yeah, screw it. Let's just not even try. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Other than his defense, I thought Doug McDermott actually played some some nice defense tonight. Uh, somebody earlier said that Sadiq Bay was cooking him. He did cook him with that that fake spin right, turn around left shoulder fadeaway jumper, and that was pretty bad. He bit pretty bad on that one. Otherwise, I thought he played pretty pretty solid for a guy that's not known for his defense. Uh, let's see, let's see. Pop tested lineups. Yeah, Mace, you're right. Pop did test a lot of weird lineups tonight. So maybe that's also what it that that for sure we know that did happen like when i saw the eubanks jock lineup for a second i was like wow we're yeah. actually seeing that <laughs> like <laughs> yeah for real we had one lineup it was it was lonnie keldon alpha rook thaddeus young and Jakob purtle and i was like that's a strange one we're just not looking for threes, I but, guess. Well, the thing is, I don't know, man. There's snipers on the team. I'm just playing. <laughs> but I was like, I don't know, man. They're they're 100% on the Spurs. It's true. It's true. What? Yeah, who, uh, oh, they both Lord. hit threes. Yeah, they both hit no, threes. So, so maybe, I don't know. I, I doubt that they're consistent three-point shooters. But maybe that's a little bit more spacing than, than we would have thought, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, obviously still not a lot of threes being shot in that lineup. But then again, at the end of the game, and obviously it's the end of the game, you have a lineup where you have Primo, Forbes, McDermott, Samanich, and, you know, Jock. And I, that's another thing. I was listening to the broadcast. This is completely off topic. And the Pistons announcer was pronouncing it Lawndale. So I don't know what the correct, correct pronunciation is for Jock's last name, whether it's Landale or Lawndale. But usually the announcer guys have it correct, but also sometimes they have it wrong. So maybe we've been pronouncing his name wrong the whole time. I know that's a completely different thing. And it's like we wouldn't have known. But we want to get we want to get that man Jock's name right. We we like what he brings to the table. But going back to our original conversation, you were talking about how there were guys out there not shooting a lot of threes, but then you end with a lineup like that where literally everybody on the floor, um, that's like one of part of their game. So Mm-hmm. lots and, of uniqueness yeah. lots of uniqueness and variety with these Spurs lineups and i like that closing lineup like considering it was all of our young guys we had i think we had wees camp primo oh yeah uh, landale dominich and i'm blanking on the other name somebody but it, i think it was devin devin Vassell. Vassell. Vassell yeah. Was in, yeah that was a pretty solid lineup i mean closing there we kind of we, we kind of closed the gap a little bit we kind of went on a run lucas dominich got those six points in less than like five minutes or something like that um yeah so it, it, I like our young guys. I like them out there playing together. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I know you just mentioned, so that was, oh, Wieskamp. Yeah, Wieskamp got his first dunk. Yes, he, he got did. his first NBA dunk. I know it was, okay. I don't even know if we should even make this comparison, but did Wieskamp look better tonight? <laughs> Comparatively? Yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> he did nothing. In I know we're game. comparing game one to game two. But like we're seeing impre- improvement from Wheeze Camp, guys. Wheezy J Baby's gonna make it to the top. Wheezy J Baby, yeah, <laughs> he's coming. Wheezy Camp Baby, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, y- y'all need to ask us some questions here because tonight's game we really didn't have that much to talk about. In and, all honesty, and hey, if y'all don't have that many questions because it's we're still you know like it, it was really that game one where we got to see everything. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fine too because I know that this is just you know, Wednesday Pistons game and it really not too many positives, but I'm also not like, I don't know if this continues, then we'll just have to accept that we completely overreacted to game one. But honestly, I feel like it's less that and more just like they didn't show up for this preseason game tonight. I think so. 
I think so. And and somebody said, who was it? Diamante. Really, Derek White couldn't uh, couldn't catch a rhythm tonight. He should play more preseason games. Yeah, I, th- I thought he played okay considering what the hand he was dealt. I felt like he was trying, you know, trying to keep the juice up. He didn't play that much, I feel like. I feel like how you know, he played 26 minutes. I'm wrong. He missed all five of his threes, though. Uh, nine boards. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I thought Derek played better than what his stat sheet suggests, but maybe I'm crazy. I think I'm seeing an at. Somebody added me. I think it might have been Eric. I can, like, faintly read these. What yeah. did he say? <laughs> Eric Eric Piscina, yeah, he said at Jude. But what did he say before that? Uh you can't read them, huh? Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, he's just doing this just to mess with you. Yeah, yeah he's just messing with you, Jude. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. This y'all got a rag on me. That, that's why. It's gotta be a family environment. <laughs> Let me ask you, Jude, what what do you want the Spurs to do on Friday? Would you rather them try and play the lineup that that we think we're going to see on opening night, or do you want to see more minutes for our young guys like Primo, Wieskamp, Samanich, that kind of thing? I'm not going to answer your question because my answer is going to say a mix of both. I think mm-hmm. in the first half, play, you know, for the most part, our lineups, and then in the second half, let the young guys just kind of run it out. Like dudes who are actually going to play, or if like this strategy, or not even a strategy, but just like, with Al Farouk Aminu and Thaddeus Young probably on the move, if if you want to keep giving them run in the second half just to you know keep that relationship cordial, you know, it's kind of and keep it positive. Um, obviously, if you have agreements there, I understand. Um, but mainly second half for young guys, first half to kind of try out everything. Um, but also, I feel like once we get into like that last game of the preseason, maybe even the last two, we should kind of go back to what we did last night. Um, or not last night, two but nights game, ago. yeah, two nights yeah. ago in game one and and kind of give the guys some run just to get that chemistry up a little bit more since we haven't ever played um, an NBA regular season game together like with this group. Obviously, there are guys on the team that have, but not this uh, group in its entirety and uniqueness. And, you know, there's one thing also that when I keep looking to the sideline that I just keep remembering and I forget when we're watching these guys, and that's a 6'11", 250-pound power forward from Gonzaga named Zach Collins. And I'm really excited to see what he's going to do because we saw what the spacing of Jock has brought and we've heard what it's brought. And we also saw, obviously, just one game, one shot. But if Eubanks could do that consistently, that would be huge. We just see all the benefits of having a shooting big man. Mm -hmm. Zach Collins is probably the most proven shooting big man on the roster whenever it comes to NBA experience, right? Um, Obviously, uh, the percentage-wise, right, Jock would, you know, look like a better shooter. And honestly, the more that I'm thinking about it now, he might be the overall better shooter. Um, Definitely percentage-wise he is, but when it comes to the NBA and hitting three-pointers as a big man, he's done it the most on the roster, so I'm really excited to see what he looks like when he comes back. But as we know, I think that's not going to be at least for another couple months, late December, uh, maybe January timetable for his return. So that's just something that I'm really intrigued to see because with the style of this team, even today in an L like this, they still played fast. The pace stayed the same. And you'd like to see that consistency and it didn't change in a situation mm-hmm. where even things were going bad. And another thing that I wanted to say that I feel like I've just got caught up talking about everything else that I didn't really get to mention and what I took away from this game is that the guys were winning their one-on-ones the majority of the time, but 
team-wise, they're being beat. That's what I felt like I was seeing. Like you would see Keldon beat his guy off the dribble or Primo would win his individual matchup. But basketball is a team game. And it's like, if everybody's not doing their job, you know, or they don't know, they're not anticipating where somebody else is going to be. And then they bump into each other on an offensive play or something like that. If you're not in sync together on the floor, um, you can play, you can make good individual plays, um, but it's not going to result in W's. And so I think, the good news is is that these guys aren't getting beat individually. They're just getting beat as a team. And I know that that's not something that's good to hear, but you have the talent. You just have to make sure that they're locked in, know the game plan, and are together. Obviously, a lot of tonight was Thaddeus Young and Alfred Kaminu, and those guys aren't going to be on the team, probably, maybe. I don't know. It seems like they aren't. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but uh, so you can't really plan for this to happen every night so because those guys won't be getting run but at the same time you still can take away that you won your individual match with a lot of your other guys who will be getting run even though and also at the beginning when you said there were a lot of problems DeJounte's not playing and yeah so all once again all of these are excuses but I think you get what I'm saying there it seemed mm-hmm. like it was more of a team chemistry deal then like our guys aren't good enough. Does that make sense? That was a very long-winded way of saying that, but no, yeah, 100%, 100%. And DeJounte being gone, I know we all say that Jakob Pertl is a defensive anchor because technically he's in the middle, but DeJounte Murray's our defensive anchor. He's the vocal leader. He's the guy that's yelling at the team, everybody to get into their spots. And, you know, he is our best defensive player, in my opinion, even more so than Jakob Pertl. So when he's gone, despite... The fact that Derek is, you know, also a great defender, he's not DeJounte. You know what I'm saying? So him, having him back will go ju- just make the team so much better. He also runs the offense. Yes, like, he does. I know that we were just talking about last episode how one of them takes it up the floor and whatnot, but it seems like from tonight that while that is the case, DeJounte has just, for three years, he's been the starting point. The guy, him. yeah. Yeah, like Derek is, even when Derek takes it up the floor and plays point guards on some possession or possessions Derek has mainly been the two for the past you know couple years for the time they've been playing together because he's yeah. the better shooter so and there were moments in this game where we were getting we were falling behind and it's like God, we just need somebody to go get a bucket we just need somebody to go score and Derek wasn't that guy unfortunately I think he can be but he was three for 12 not five tonight. from yeah. the three-point line so we really could have used DJ's pull-up mid-range jumper to clean that up a little bit um, I had a couple comments here I wanted to go look at real quick. Uh, oh, yeah, I wanted to say also Thaddeus Young, I think he's a great player, but it was clear to me as soon as the ball touched his hands, our pace slowed down tremendously. And that could just be because he's new still and he doesn't no, know the offense. I saw that too. Yeah, but or it's just his age. Who knows what that is? But it, it was clear to me that that was a problem. Yeah, he he's a pretty good passer also from the post. You know, the, I like the way that we're using our bigs and handoffs. It gets them involved. But yeah, he he's just, he doesn't fit the mold of this team. Mm. M. Easy with a, with a hot take. The more I watch Derek White, the more I would include him in a deal for Ben Simmons by the way the Spurs couldn't use. By the way, the Spurs couldn't use Simmons, question mark. Uh, so he's asking us about Simmons. Huh. Yeah. Um, do you want to handle this? I can I can go first. You can go first. Whichever you prefer. Uh, 
You can go first. Go for it. Take it. All right. So let me ask you that one more time. <laughs> so he's saying, I mean, I know it's Ben big. Simmons, Derek White. Yeah, he's, he, he, he would include Derek in a trade for Ben Simmons. And then he's asking, could the Spurs use him? Simmons. So, like, I, here's my thing on Ben Simmons. I literally, like, two days ago in my TV production class, we did a segment, like, where me and this other guy, because our teacher just was like, hey, do whatever you want with the studio this day. And we literally did a segment on Ben Simmons. And do the Spurs really want a guy who's not going to show up to practice with $140 million guaranteed? I just don't see Pop ever doing that. I don't see anybody in the organization ever doing that. And the MEZ, this isn't me like crapping on you. Like, I understand your question. I, I, I think that the obviously when you have like an, a talent like Ben Simmons, the Spurs, you know, it should be interested. And there's been rumors around the Spurs potentially trading for him. So this is a good question. Um, but personally, I don't see it happening. I don't really think that he could help the Spurs because it's like, okay, maybe there's a little bit like, okay, if you want to really just exaggerate and be like, look, Ben Simmons is going to be an insane upgrade playmaking wise and defensively. I, I don't think defensively, but let's say just insane upgrade playmaking wise than Derek White, right? It's like, dude, like he can't shoot. He doesn't like Derek White is more proven as a playoff. Like, no, no, I can't say that. He's only had one series and Ben Simmons has had some good, some good series in his career. It's really just the Hawks one that everybody's harping on, but still that was pathetic. Like it was, it was bad to watch. I I, I don't, I don't think he could help the Spurs. I, I just don't like, maybe we win a cup. I don't. I don't see it. Like then we're just building the whole team around him and we don't have a bunch of shooters. Like we have, we have McDermott and I I just, I don't see it. I don't think that Ben Simmons is really going to be used properly anywhere. My faith in him is, is kind of lost. And that's from somebody who's an LSU fan. Mm -hmm. I mean, so I, I, he went to my school. So yeah, my opinion on Ben Simmons goes both ways. I tend to think more highly of him than most people when it comes to just his basketball ability. Because um, a lot of people, because of recency bias and just looking at statistics, tend to say that Ben Simmons is basically trash. And I don't think he is. I think he's a very, very talented and very good basketball player. If it was just about talent, I would trade for him in a heartbeat. But it's not. It's about contract. It's about attitude. It's about willingness and practice and like and i don't think fit. he fits with this roster like i think Derek white fits better because it's like in this situation you need to sh- you need somebody who could like if if you're comparing those two it's like shooting and defense like mm-hmm. that's what you want from like and first of all Derek's a two and and yeah ben would either play the big or probably point guard he's he's a way better shooter than him and it's like that's yeah. ben's Simmons' biggest problem that's where the nba is going and even though Derek White is having a lot of struggles right now, I think during the season and as he gets more shots up, we've talked about him being a volume shooter. Those are just going to fall more. But I understand, you know, the the concern, especially with DeJounte out and against the freaking Pistons. Mm-hmm. I know it's still a preseason game, but I understand y'all's concern. But I, I don't think that I think that we would get. I, it maybe we don't get worse, but like our championship level aspirations and the way we build our roster is going to just get completely 
like thrown mm-hmm. down the drain. All of our plans would have to be rebuilt and it would just, it would be, it would do more harm than it would good at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to do it, but if we were going to do it, I wouldn't want to throw Derek in there. I would want to throw DeJounte in there because then it's like positional wise. I think it's, a, I it's see a good what swap. you're saying. I see what yeah. you're saying. Because DeJounte, he's a better shooter than Ben Simmons, but he doesn't really shoot that much anyway. So it's not like we're losing like a, a volume three-point shooter. Derek's a more proven volume three-point shooter. And I actually think Ben Simmons, just from a basketball perspective, fits very well with who we have on our roster. Really? In my opinion, I, I do. And if you look at the stats from Philly, when Ben Simmons doesn't play, but Joel Embiid plays, they lose more than when Joel Embiid doesn't play and Ben Simmons plays. They have a higher win percentage when it's just Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid doesn't play. And he's also dropped 40 points, I think, three times at Philly. He's dropped three 40-point games. Maybe it's two. And both games, Joel Embiid was not playing. And they didn't have a a really good center in there. So I tend to think if you surround him with Derek White, Dougie McBuckets, maybe Jakob Pertl, Bryn Forbes, all these shooters, plus Keldon Johnson – I think it would work, but at the same time, he has the complete opposite attitude of what the Spurs look for, and he's a diva, and he doesn't work hard, um, so I don't want him on the team. And plus, he wouldn't stay anyway, because once his contract is up, he would just leave or demand a trade before before that, so I don't want him on the team. Um, yeah, but just talent-wise, I think he's really, really, really immensely underrated, in my opinion. Yeah, I think he's immensely talented. I think it all kind of comes down to mental stuff mm-hmm. and where he's at. Um, another thing on Ben Simmons, just another thing that we were thinking about when we were doing that segment. And I know this is off topic, but like, remember when we were giving James Harden crap for like not caring on the court? Mm-hmm. And like now I'm like, dude, James Harden handled that situation. Like Ben Simmons makes... James Harden, the way that James Harden handled the rocket situation, it makes him look yeah. like he's like Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. like it makes him look like just the nicest guy on the planet when you compare the way that Ben Simmons is handling this. And James Harden was like on the floor, overtly not caring. And it, it's still like the fact that he's even playing is just like way it's better. so yeah. much better than than Ben Simmons. And it, that was just something that we were thinking about. And it was just like, man, we we really thought that what Harden was doing was bad. And it was and it can it can be way worse. So yes. Shout out to Nick. He says fat suit harden two skull emojis. <laughs> um Diamante says, man, Pop don't need to put lineups on the floor that clog the court with the young core. I think that's what he meant. He said court, but I'm thinking he said young core. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree, but it is preseason. I think he's just trying to see what works, what doesn't work. Um, and, and most of these lineups we won't see come regular season time. Remember going back to what we said earlier about how Thad and, and Aminu are getting their run. Like literally in an interview, Thad was like, I'll probably play Wednesday because Pop knows the vets need our run. So I'm pretty sure he's literally just giving them minutes so that wherever they end up playing, they'll be prepared to play. Yeah. And we're nice. We're nice like that. Yeah. So to sum up for me, I think that this was a pretty bad game overall, defensively and offensively, as far as chemistry and cohesiveness go, because just throwing in those veterans all of a sudden, plus taking DeJounte out. Plus Detroit just played like this was the NBA finals game seven. (laughs) Um, but I don't think we should overreact. 
Uh, it's just preseason game two. Just like I don't think we should overreact to Primo scoring 17 points in 16 minutes or whatever it was in game one. Uh, we will see what happens as we get further and further along in the season. Jude, do you have any yes, final statements? we will. Yes, I do. And it actually has nothing to do with the Spurs. It has to do with the fact that you will be doing another recap, not on this channel, but on a different one this Friday against the Rockets, I think. Or is that the 28th? I think that's next Friday. Yeah, that's next Friday. Never mind. I tried to promote it. I tried to promote Ethan, but Ethan's going to, we're both going to be on Spurs Tube TV soon. So I'll go check that out. Um, We'll be, obviously we'll do, we'll still be doing a lot of the uh, post-game recaps over here, um, but sometimes we'll be doing them over there too. So anyways, y'all, we hope that you guys had a great Wednesday. We hope you have a great um, end of your week. And Ethan, now I'm going to pose it back to you. Any final thoughts? That is all I got, Jude. And if you don't have anything else to say, I'm just going to finish up. Give me a thumbs up if you're good. You're good. All right. Like and subscribe to SSPN. Go follow us on Twitter at Ethan underscore Quintero at Jude McLaren. No space is just how it's spelled. And we will see you guys next time on SSPN. Go Spurs, go. Go Spurs, go, y'all.